The Razor Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real-time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Now, we all know the Patriots got two huge home games coming up against the Bills and against the Dolphins to finish it off. So use this app. Go out and look for those last-minute tickets. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to the Razor Show with the Athletics' Nick Underhill and Jeff Howe. Plus, three-time Super Bowl champion, Matt Chatham. Hello there, Matt Chatham. This is the Razor Show. Monday morning, I have uh, didn't do the hardcore uh, video review this time. I scanned the game, fast-forwarded through the game, checked out a handful of plays I wanted to make sure I saw. A lot of those are the third down things, the failures in the uh, the Patriots-Chiefs game, obviously. That's the context here. Hope you guys all picked up on that. I'm talking to Patriots fans. Of course, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that uh, I was on point on, you know, a lot of the on the handful of failure plays, you know, sort of the times where there were opportunities and what went wrong there, at least, again, through broadcast view. Uh, and then just hit on uh, this, this penalty sequence because – this is not in my DNA to normally do this. Uh, you know, I'm obviously a, a longtime athlete, a retired player and all that nonsense. Uh, you know, I played high school, you know, little kid stuff through all four sports and all through high school, all through college, uh, you know, obviously all the NFL years, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I know that phrase that that people are want to use in, in situations like this, that, oh, you can never blame the officials. Uh, you just have to, you know, you have to overcome them. You know, it's your fault for putting yourself in a situation to be, to be, uh, you know, affected by bad calls. And, you know, I, I think we're past the point where anyone repeating that bullshit just doesn't care to fix a problem. It's just not true, folks. That's, that's, that's a stupid thing to say. It's a stupid frame of mind. It's a way to keep things screwed up, especially in a sort of a, a mode of technology. Now, uh, those are the kind of things that may have been said in the, 30s and 40s and 50s or whatever before you could actually see before you had rule implements and other checks and balances built in to correct those things when you then don't do it those excuses are no good it's not incumbent upon teams to overcome officiating it's incumbent on officiating to get the fuck out of the way so let's make sure we get that out there straight because i know there's like sort of the old sports cliches about you can't allow yourself to be no that that that's we're past that that that's old news um, and again, especially in the event that we're not talking about a single play i would I would concede that the idea of you know a, a fairly back and forth contest, maybe a missed call or two here or there either way, and you know one goes against you, that is sort of sports reality you know that is something that may not be fixable uh, but a wire to wire game where both sides uh you know ha- have multiple, multiple, multiple game stoppages. Like, uh, uh, so for context here, folks, I'm, I'm up in the, uh, in the media area watching this game and, you know, I'm surrounded by some of the locals in essence, uh, our seating areas kind of by a couple of the local, uh, periodicals, uh, some of the TV people behind national behind me off to the left, uh, national, uh, more local directly left. Um, the point is 
and then down in front to left, a little more national, uh, local in front to the right. I'm not going to, you know, blow up who exactly this is, but you, when you're up there, you're you're surrounded by all the out-of-market people as well, you know, between breaks, get up, chit-chat, talk a little bit. Uh, the perspective here is not just a New England one. This is, there are a lot of sort of non-market eyeballs in a situation like that. And uh, it was near unanimity, I always struggle with that word, but nearly nearly unanimous that this was one of the most atrociously called games and, and that, that really I'd ever seen at any level. And that, you know, this, that sentiment was shared to me with multiple people that were there from out of market to watch the game. And so then we're talking about something else. We're not talking about the what the football players did. Now, granted, I'm saying all these things, and the reason I sort of led with the idea that hey, I was a football player. Yeah, of course, that's the message. The hey, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, play beyond that, and you know, not put yourself in a position to be able to be, you know, affected negatively by a series of blown calls. Um, th- th- of course, that's the message you need to tell a player because you don't want him to get distracted. You want him to continue to fight. You don't want him to go in the toilet once these multiple blown calls have happened. Of course, that's where that that's where that sports cliche a came from and is to be applied. It's nothing to do with the coverage of it. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with the coverage of the game. It has nothing to do with the coverage of the business uh, of uh, of officiating these games. You know, to say that. Well, we we can't cover those, or we can't attempt to fix these crazy-ass problems, or we can't acknowledge one problem that went wildly in one team's favor over the other when we're in sort of legitimately a five-play sequence of blown calls. Not blown accident, blown in some instances reviewed, and in other instances blown where they have an opportunity to get together and not fuck it up, and still did. Uh, and, And again, I know for other people that are up there watching that game that, you know, have no... Not that I have a horse in the race either. I don't. I nothing. I get nothing if they win or lose. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I cover it, and yeah, I put a lot of passion, a lot of time, and energy to making sure we get this right on what's going on with the team. But you know, if it, yeah, whatever. So the, the point of it is that some of those, I would say, the, the the people that have, they're just simply covering it from a national perspective. Uh, it was obnoxious to watch this football game. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to get into the cause and effects of wins and losses and all those kinds of things, but this was a bad entertainment product. And I think that's one of the things that we keep being told about the NFL that, Hey, you know, it's at the end of the day, as a player, you got to kind of suck and understand we're just putting on a show here and your little competition is, is cute, but you know, but, and that always flies in the fa- face of the integrity of the game stuff, right? That's what we hear from Roger Goodell that, Oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the most important thing is the integrity of these contests. Well, that's been a, a, a lie uh, for many, many years because there's been so many things that have undone, unseated sort of the integrity of the contest. It's not, we're, we're way, way, way past that. Many years, maybe even a decade or so, because there's been so much in-season changing of rules, rules interpretation that go from month to month and change. We've, we've seen in the Philly Super Bowl an actual rule change that was never announced, just simply implemented uh, in live time based upon what a completion would be um, and admitted to later by sort of um, NFL operations head later uh, in, in the aftermath of the, of the Super Bowl. So those things are... Those aren't, you know, 
debatable. Those aren't things that are market-specific. Those are just factual pieces of history, things that have happened. The idea that you would have a start-to-finish, which is what integrity is all about, it's just like, hey, we're, if we're going to err, we err in the same direction and continue along with it. You can't have some contests that are ruled some way, some that are ruled another, some parts of game that are ruled one way, some that are another. That's not about human error. That's about human, you know, that those are decisions, right? And I think if we can even look at last night's game, uh, or afternoon, whatever you want to call that, late afternoon, uh, the well, the greatest issue uh, from the entertainment product angle was the, the was the persistent, consistent interruptions of game flow. Um, it was a we were on about an every other play clip, maybe every third, um, but of a stoppage, not just stopping. Stopping to contemplate the flags that were thrown. We were getting flags thrown. We were getting whistles. We were getting just, it, it was, it's bad, right? So it's not, if you're a Chiefs fan, I would assume that was a shitty game to watch as well, other than you're happy with the result. Trust me, if the Patriots had completed that ball at the end of the game there uh, to Julian Edelman, uh, you know, the one that was incomplete, or if they actually correctly called the Dorsett one and they got a first and goal and they, they'd crossed the line and, somehow win this, I would still be doing today's show this way. This shit is not, I've been bitching about NFL officiating problems for years and years and years. And yeah, I'm more aware of this one because it was, you know, in my backyard, I had to cover it. But that's the story of what happened in that game. There is nothing else. There's not a side to it. It's holy shit, uh, this monster billion dollar industry with a couple of their top teams, shit, one of them whom is the the defending uh, uh, champs. Uh, defending world champs, facing off against the team that, that you know was looking for revenge to get back to them for beating them a year ago to keep them from going to the Super Bowl. Um, that was this game. Both teams near the, near the top uh, of the AFC conference. So that's what's happening. There's a lot on the line. There are, you know, hundreds if not, you know, there's hundreds of people involved, maybe thousands if you start counting stadium staff and operational stuff to get people into the town. Uh, there's just so many people involved in these games, so much money, the gaming industry, uh, you know, obviously everyone involved with the broadcast, uh, the individual market stuff for sort of all the money that exchanges hands because they put on these contests, they can't be so bad at putting them on. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm well, maybe I'm actually contradicting myself there. Maybe they can be this bad, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's the complacency of, of media, of fans, uh, where if it only becomes a sort of market-specific thing, then you're okay with it, right? Uh, you know, if, 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 if I'm a Cincy fan and I only get mad about the Cincy plays, um, then it never changes. It, you know, and th- there was bad ones against, say, Arizona. It's a small enough market to where if, if not enough noise is made. But, I mean, a great example is a week ago with the uh, with the Cowboys thing, or two weeks ago. They're, they're raising holy hell because of those uh, those two tripping calls, a second of which was absolutely correct in the way it was called. The problem, which, again, I don't disagree with, is if you, you're not going to call them at other times of the year in game, and then you start calling them in bunches, yeah, there, there's your integrity blown. I get that side of the argument, but the, the issue there was it was a call with a national audience, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans that are out of market, a lot of national media members that, quite frankly, would like to see uh, the Patriots lose. It's fine. I get, I completely understand the tired of the same story, you know, storyline week after week after week, year after year after year, uh, Brady and Belichick, and they just get sick of telling the same story. So a lot of the fury was that, oh, you know, the Cowboys could have beat them, you know, and oh, we got to tell all the same stories that the Patriots continue to advance and get one here. And, and I think that drives um, the uh, the outrage that was the next day. You know, every outlet's, you know, talking about the tripping, um, 
you know, we got to change officiating. We got to fix this problem. We got to wow, 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 all that stuff. That's all that you could, you know, again, that's all the stuff is archived. Go check Twitter out after the Cowboys game. That was there. National figures all over the place, right? National analysts, national writers, national radio people. It was the Cowboys got screwed. How the hell can you call this? And you know what that did? It prompted a response by the league. They had to come out and they were dead fucking wrong with what they said. It's CYA, cover your ass time on a Monday. Uh, but they came back in and said, hey, Hey, um, you know, no, both of those tripping calls shouldn't have been. Now, but what prompted them to come out and make an announcement about those calls? Why? Because there was a huge sort of national majority that wanted those calls to go the other way. That's why that was even being discussed. That's why they felt the need to make that message, which means that we're not just talking about sporting contests. We're talking about a preference in outcome. I was all ready to write the story about this offense is just not performing well enough, doesn't deserve to win, doing all the wrong things, the little things in the field goal, the little things, you know, not protecting a field goal. One offensive lineman falls down. The other one doesn't step down. You have an error each side of the gap. Um, you, you're not able to kick a field goal there. You, I mean, you get blocked, excuse me, later on. You go for it on fourth and seven on the field goal. That's that's two in the in the low 40s kicks that you, you need to be at like a 90% plus clip of hitting. You, you basically presume in the professional level both of those are most likely getting made. That's six points there. And then the blown touchdown at the end makes it you know three instead of seven. So you're off four. So, but those are those are the kind of plays where the, the the last third of that you can't control because the officials blew it. But the first two you can, and I mentioned that I mentioned sort of the turnovers that the Patriots are get able to get defensively and just the lack of uh, of, of uh, you know taking advantage of those opportunities. I would say the you know you get it back in your hands because the defense is given to you and you you need to finish those off. You're in the red zone three times, you only score one. It's been an ongoing narrative for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm not excusing that part whatsoever. But the reality of the situation is, although we see week-to-week mistakes in officiating, and we've sort of grown to accept that human error is going to be a part of it, you cannot have a system that says, yes, but we've created these checks and balances to human error, and we've got this super system command center that we brag about on the internet, that we do videos and show ads of, you know, wasting viewers' time between in commercial breaks. And I know you folks have seen this all throughout the year, where NFL uh, will come in with their own little PR bump and say, oh, Look at this wonderful techno center we've got, a tech center here we've got, uh, with all of our amazing monitors and wonderful personnel and all these things we do to get it right because we care and integrity of the game. That bullshit and and a big tw- national, you know, a big Twitter account here for NFL officiating, a big NFL operations account, a big NFL uh, account of its own where they pump their own sort of. Uh, tires all the time about the beautiful and wonderful things they do, and then they just sit there with their hands over their eyes and ears every single week on a Monday when, yeah, you know, there's other markets bitching. There was the interference call at the end of the Jets and Dolphins game that is crazy. I don't understand. No rationale for that. Just run to the locker room and get on your flight and get out of there. I mean, that's every bit as bad as the Patriots-Chiefs thing, but the what makes the Patriots-Chiefs thing distinct and unique, and there was one in the Seahawks game as well yesterday. There's several, right? It's not like these were the only blown calls. What does make the Patriots game separate and distinct though is the volume and 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 the start to finish there were there were segments of the game before we ever got to that five point or the five play block that they blew where people in the you know at least in the media portion whose job is to cover this and start to tell the stories back to you guys next day they're like papers in the air and oh my god murmurs and just giggling and laughing at the product the NFL was putting on you know just like when is it going to stop oh another flag are you kidding me 
another stoppage? Are you fucking kidding me? And they get together and one guy tells the other guy, I mean, it was just sort of a clown show. And it's, it's sort of that circus environment of game day was something that really matters. You don't get this in basketball. You don't get this in baseball. You don't get this in hockey. Why has football become such a fuck up sport? And I think that's someone who's, who's, you know, if you're intimately involved in this game, if you've given your life to it, essentially professionally worked your butt off, you know, the, the investment that players and coaches and, organizations financially and you know obviously the media people that spend all this fucking money uh to to get the right to put these things on you don't want to be then given a shitty product because philosophically management at the nfl level doesn't understand their game and i think that's you know I'm, i was making sort of a circuitous, a circuitous route there to the to get to that but i think there's a reason i know there's a reason why you get a shitty officiated product. It's because you have the incorrect philosophy behind what the role of officials are. And there is a political element to this. And let me get into this. I know this is a giant rant, but that's what you're getting today. If you don't want to hear official stuff, I completely understand that. But to me, it's excuse making. Um, you know, they to call this excuse making is is an excuse in and of itself. This is just covering what happened. This is this is what happened. So if you're going to get into a situation where your root core philosophy about what the role of an official is stems from the idea that we're going to go with what they say on the field, uh, what they see on the field, right, wrong, or the other ways. We're going to err in that because we know it's really hard. We know it's really fast. We know it's really difficult out there. And we've made this asinine, uh, complicated rule book that's 300 pages and what human being could possibly get this right. If that's, that if, if cover for the mess you've made is your root philosophy behind how you're going to allow mistakes to not only happen but persist, if that's your philosophy, you're always going to fuck this up. Because if you put more value in protecting their errors because you believe the errors are understandable because it's fast and because you wrote too stupid of a playbook, you have created a maze. You've created a maze of logic, of, of, of really something that has nothing to do with the purity of sport. A better, uh, more important philosophy, uh, not important, but a, a better, more sort of I guess, pure philosophy behind how a game should be officiated, how a sport, and this is independent of the NFL, this is independent of even the sport of football, but that the contest on the field rules first. Uh, they put more stock in what someone saw than what the two people or two teams competing against one another did. That's important. If you if you get if you get anything from this pod and 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 you know that you take away from this and had to put it on the the you know write it on your palm kind of a thing, this is it. The NFL puts more stock in covering for their employees uh, who call the games on the field than they do in covering for the action, uh, the the results that the players get in the game, and that's that's important. If you if you if you believe in sport the other way, on the other side, on the fl- other side of the tracks entirely, that is. The official, game officials are incidental. They're uh, unnecessary. Evil is the wrong word. They're not evil, but they're a necessary, unfortunate part of this. That the game has a, a certain inherent complexity to it. Uh, that it moves pretty quickly, and they're not always going to get it right. Um, but your view, a more correct view, a more a pure sport view, would be that we get that those jobs are difficult, um, and 
it's not a knock on them. It's not insulting them to overrule them constantly because we see them more as traffic cops, not judges. Uh, move the traffic along. Keep things moving. If there's something that moved too quickly that you need to 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 see the uh, you know so the the the, calf, uh, the traffic cameras for well then we'll do that right that makes sense that's okay that's a better philosophy about the role of officials but what the NFL has done is they put their guys on video they put their guys in studio they brag about the TV screens they got they brag about you know sort of all the ways that we can officiate this into the sun. And that's really what's been going on for the last decade. And that, again, is a function of shitty leadership. That's a function of poor sports, uh, of poor sports philosophy. Roger Goodell believes in the people who oversee things more than the people that do the games themselves. They put more stock and more value in the people that rule upon things than the actual actors themselves. The cover, the politics of this, the cover is for the guy who fucked up, not not the cover for the purity of the action on the field. And that's that's important to understand. You know, it wasn't, in, in this is a Patriots pod, so you're going to hear it. It wasn't about, the, the the scientific principle uh, with Deflate Gate. It wasn't as if that ruled. What needed to be covered for was the mistakes of the administration, the mistakes of the people who who who, who basically were embarrassed. So I think that was a glimpse from a New England perspective into really where they make decisions from. Where from do, where from the the, the things that they do come from? Uh, Jesus, I'm 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 blended here. Where from where do these decisions come from? You know, there has to be a philosophy that backs everything. If it's just always CYA, and I really think it's CYA, cover your ass. And that's probably the biggest problem we've had in the NFL for so many years. Roger Goodell is not a particularly bright man in a lot of things relative to, you know, punishments and, and to rules officiating and to sort of game philosophy. And he's not he's just not a football guy. He has no background in that stuff. So he's bound to back them to, to to screw up things about punishments and to screw up things about game philosophy. He just doesn't understand it at a, at a professional level, but yet he's in charge of it. So his idea is that in there's an, there's an issue, there's a problem, make a new rule for it. And when there's a problem with that rule, make another rule for it. Uh, make an addendum to that rule. Make, a, make an entire appendix that, that sort of gives you, uh, you know, uh, case studies of those rules that can be referred back to when the rule itself fucks up. I know I'm spinning tires here on that kind of stuff, but that's that's a reflection of how they've handled this over his tenure of leadership. And what do you then do? You put a puppet in front of yourself. So Roger's meant to sort of predict owners and all that nonsense. I mean, we've heard that many, many times before, but it's his philosophy on what the rules committee is supposed to be doing. When, when they have an issue with safety, what do they do? They make a bunch of rules for it. Did that provide any actual safety for the player? No, of course not. Uh, nine out of ten times, the action is what the action is. It's just flags that come after it and it don't actually drive contact conduct later. We know that, right? So it's the fil- it's the philosophy and sort of the competency of the leadership that makes first the rules, then in- decides how to enforce them, then decides how to fix them when problems are revealed to them, and there's a fewer out in the world. You know, the Saints one would be one example. The Saints play, but they get screwed with a really badly missed interference call that, that, that costs one team uh, 
that costs one team, uh, you know, a trip to the Super Bowl, and they're they come back and spend an entire off season and want to fix a problem. They come up with a system because Al Riveron wants cover for his guys. He doesn't want to overrule them, even though he was empowered to do so by the rules committee. It's CYA time. Cover your ass, just like Roger does. Cover your ass. Uh, you know the. You know, science says that balls deflate naturally. Well, cover your ass. Say something else happened. Uh, you know, Al Riveron is is here and put on the spot. Say something else happened, you know. Your guys get get revealed to be kind of shitty at their job. You know, one week you've got 50 flags in a game, it's hyperbole, but you got flags constantly thrown. You have another contest going over going on across the country under the exact same rule book. It's not as if there's a different one. And they show a fraction and they throw a fraction of the flags. Not because there were a fraction of the infractions, <laughs> just because one crew calls it wildly different than the other. And you know, from an organizational standpoint, you understand why that Patriots mantra of doing doing your job and, and being the same guy every day and being consistent and understanding why that's so important is sort of a leadership philosophy. Why does that matter? Because you can't have the inconsistency and win. And the NFL is okay with the consistency. They may grumble about it. They may have meetings about it. They may discuss it at owners' meetings. It may be a topic of conversation. But when you allow something to persist, you're okay with it. So if you go out there and go to a rules meeting and say, holy shit, I got one crew over in San Francisco game, you know, throwing eight flags. I got another crew on the other side throwing 24. There was not that kind of discrepancy between the action on the field. It's just the just the problems with the officiating. What you have is poor leadership. You don't have Al River on or or with his you know his thumb on his head, Roger Goodell saying we need sameness. We need consistency. There is not 16 different rule games going on. It's one. And you, you cannot have, we do not want this amount of stoppages in our entertainment product as we put it on TV. That would be a bright, better than Roger, bright uh, a, a leadership component. That would be good leadership. But we're saying, you know what? Our fans are heavily invested in this game. They throw a lot of money our way so I can make a stupid amount of money so our players can be well well compensated uh, so the people that put these games on can make lots of money off of it. There's so much investment around this. I can't have it be this polluted, but Roger Goodell does allow that, and I think that's a problem. Uh, and I think it's only problem fixed when he's gone and when someone else with a better philosophy than him comes in with someone with a better sports understanding uh, who who really rules over NFL officiating behind that philosophy. So instead, we have political bodies. We have the NFL who wants to cover their ass. We have the the officiating crews and Al Riveron's sort of all his little minions uh, and their own CYA. You know, they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want the, the heat. They don't want the public blaming him. So Al goes out in front of these things and does these stupid videos on one, some NFL property or another covering for his guys. And if you're one of these many GMs or coaches around the NFL who serve on the competition committee and you say, that's not what we covered in all those meetings this offseason. That is not what we instituted. You're not doing it correctly. And then they have a change of course midseason. Well, then you have a problem, right? It's just, it's corrupt. And that's that's the word we, you know, I, I spent all this time sort of winding to this word. This is where it ends. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. It's it's not it's not following the rules they made. It's not being consistent crew to crew. It's having no punishment or way to hold these people accountable. Not getting a playoff assignment is not enough of a of a thing. Um, 
you know, and here's why this matters. I'm going to run right through these quickly. Again, if I, if any one of these things or even two of these things had happened, this would not be today's topic. It's because there's five. They have a rule in place relative uh, to offensive pass interference. The challenge flag was thrown. It's clear and obvious. There is no, no plausible, logical way to refute that Travis Kelsey was beyond the yard. It is completely understandable. I would not give an official a hard time for missing that in live time. That is absolutely understandable if it because it's close. He's, you know, his feet are at two, his body's at a yard and a half, his butt cheek, I guess, is possibly reaching back towards the one yard. And at full speed, maybe that's that's easy to miss. I get it. That's different than an official standing on top of a play and missing that a foot was inside in the bounds or not. That is something that may only be findable in review. And you know what? We have review now. We have all these cameras. We have broadcast cameras that fucking 30 cameras around these fields. They're just everywhere. They're actually bragging to you about how many views they have. They're bragging to you about a command center and the ability to get it right and still don't. The text says simply that blocking more than one yard beyond the line of scrimmage by an offensive player constitutes offensive pass interference. One more time. Blocking more than one yard beyond the line of scrimmage by an offensive player. That's all it is. There's nothing more. There isn't that maybe one part of him does go back. (laughs) He starts at two and blocks back to one. There's nothing about the fact that the guy that's being contacted might be at one. There is no wiggle room. There is no other language. There is no way out of that. We, as a league, were given the ability to challenge that. And there's a, a, a timeout writing upon it. And uh, they didn't follow their own rules. So we're not talking about blown calls in the moment. Again, I'm, I'm giving grace here to the officials on the field. I can see that that would be close enough or you might miss that it was two yards instead of one. Okay, that's why you have review. But if you don't follow your rules in review, you have corruption. And I'm not saying corruption as if they were doing it for the Chiefs or against the Patriots. That's what I'm saying. The corruption is that you put in something to ensure that what exactly happened doesn't happen. When you allow it to happen, you're being corrupt. It's not the motive for whom. It's just that you didn't follow the rules. That's corruption. They're your rules. You do not have the discretion. Uh, There are no words in here in the rule that allow you to not call it. If you don't call it, you're making up your own rules. And if you're making up your own rules, you're being corrupt. Now, that's just the first one. I know there was a lot of talk about the spot. The spot was poor. I don't put as much stock in that. It is it is what it is. Throughout the course of a day, there's bad spots all the time. Uh, that one doesn't kill me other than if you're in review, you're measuring whether or not something's a first down. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But th- we're into this now sequence here where, you know, there had been uh, – there's, there's now later on, well, let's, let's just advance forward so we don't spend too much time on this, but we all know about the fumble. And this is something that, you know, this dates back to other games I've seen. And this is not, these are non-Patriot issues. The, the ball being whistled dead, um, and, and basically allowing on-field air to overrule the epist- or, or eliminate the ability to review something is a stupid thing that's been in the rule. It's been in the rule for years. The idea that, oh, the whistle was blown dead, so we have to roll with it. How at this point, after this many mistakes in the NFL over the last several years, in anyone, in several different teams' games, it's, it's market independent. How after this many times of blowing this idea that, shit, because a whistle was blown, we can't 
get it right. How through all that, how through all that presumed learning, do you not come up with a very simple plan to say, don't blow it unless you're certain. If you blow it early and are found to be wrong, you're going to be fined. Err on the side of not blowing it. How do you not get to that point? We do that with safety rules. Think about how safety rules are. are so, so the point is, that train of thought is something they've already instituted in the other direction with safety. What do they say in safety flags? Blow it. It doesn't matter if you're certain. It, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be certain. If it's close, just do it. If you if you think it, do it. It can that can always be picked up and overturned, right? That's what they've been told in that way. Now, here in this situation where the most important thing is getting it right. Am I right? No, actually, I back to my original thing about about officiating philosophy. Here the actual philosophy is not about getting it right. It's about covering for those in charge. It's about covering for the NFL. It's about covering for the game officials who are NFL employees and independent of the two teams out there. It's CYA Mondays, and that's the unfortunate part. But in this instance, how do you not, at this point, after this many mistakes on this singular issue, I'm talking it has to have come across their desk a hundred times now in the last several years. How do you allow officials to have quick whistles? How have they not been given the directive, don't fucking blow it unless you're certain? And this is not certainty. This is a guess. If you're guessing, hold it for two seconds, three seconds, allow it to play out. And then if you determine and review that it was down, it's okay, but don't blow the one that prevents the play from being able to happen. And that's what is that is so incredibly frustrating. It has nothing to do with which market. It has nothing to do with which team. How can you make that many mistakes and not fix it? How can you not have a very simple directive that says, don't you dare blow the whistle unless you put your life on it. I mean, there's things out there more important than whether or not you make the call quickly. Let the action happen. If you're not certain, and certain is like 99.999% certitude, and it's clear you don't have that. It's a guess. Don't guess in live time. Let the players play. You have the mechanisms in place to get it right after the ball is dead. No one's getting hurt. They're just continuing to play. Don't blow the fucking whistle. If anything, they should maybe take whistles away from these people. If that wasn't the case, then maybe raise a hand. I don't know. But it's this idea of whistles and and their errors being allowed to sort of drive drive results. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. No one stopped. They continued to play. It was an obvious blown call by the official. If you don't know and there's a mash of bottles, bodies, don't do anything. Don't, let it happen. <laughs> then they can go to all those 30 cameras. How that has not come out of, of, of the NFL Park Avenue offices, how it has not come out of the officiating offices, where the hell they are, some cave in the ground, how that has not come out. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. There is no excuse for that. These are the things that can be changed in season. Tell the officials to stop blowing whistles. You know, it, it's not that hard. It, it, your, your, your impression that something was done can be held for a couple seconds. Let it happen. If it happens, it can be called back. If you stop it and your screw up becomes a result in the game, you're in the box score. Mr. Official affected the game. Mr. Official wore a hell, you know, hell helmet and jersey. 
And that's just stupid, okay? So that that bothers me to no end from a, a sports purity standpoint. Game officials need to be out of the way. Wallflowers. And again, this I will make this point quickly. We've done a couple of the calls here now that were obviously the most perverse in the game. Um, but what tells me that they'll never do this, uh, that all the things I'm here suggesting, I'm soapboxing, I get that. That's what's happening right now because I think someone needs to say these things and put this argument all together in one package. What tells me they won't do this is these... The PR thing online, the, t- the social media sort of vanity shot of the official on a blue background, such and such, we'll be officiating this game. Whoosh! Like, who gives a fuck? Why are you promoting which officials will call games? Why do we even know their names? You know, why do I... It's not as if the stoplights as I drive down the road are, have fucking names. Harry the red light, Bill the yellow light, Jerry the green light, Phil the red light, Artemis the fucking red light. I mean, what is this? They are just there to play traffic cop. They're not there to decide the games. But when you understand that they are actually turning these games into promotions of the officials you know they'll never get it right. So the point is you need to get them gone. You need to see the people get the people that see the game that way from Roger Goodell gone down gone because that's that's their vision. That's what comes from their little brains right out their eyeballs. That's how they see the world. And if you see the world that way, you can't be convinced to do it another way. Since those people have come into power, you know, and I date back to the last regime, you know, I, I was in some Roger years and then the people before. So I know that this is a change. This These things have, have grown into sort of this uh, perverted, bastard, bastardized sort of way since they've been in power. It's their vision of the game that has turned us to this point. So this is why this matters. If they're creating rules and creating in-game conversation and doing promotional videos and doing social media campaigns about doing things this way, they are and, and putting game officials in the game broadcast, former retired guys put in those spots to explain to you all that's not happening. Ref splaining. This ref splaining game broadcast is stupid. That is not a maturation of the game. That's degeneration. That's going the wrong direction. It makes no fucking sense. And that's the thing that you need to figure out. If if you want to problem solve and you acknowledge that this is a problem, you can't cr- keep creating red tape, creep, keep creating layers to explain you know, a problem to explain the problem to explain the problem. You never fix anything that way. If their solution is to put more people in the booth, to have more conversations on Monday, to do explanation videos with old Dean Blandino, to get this retired guy or that retired guy to explain everything you don't understand, you're always going to have a crappy product. You're going to have an increasingly crappy product. That's And especially when these in-game former officials that are on the broadcast dispute or, or go against what's what's shown in the game. They're actually unveiling or showing the problem you have. You you. you you drew up a really stupid 300-page document to, to monitor the game, and you don't have the right leadership philosophy behind it to institute it. it it's just, it's never going to get better. Okay, so we're Kelsey play-in. That, the, the Kelsey interference thing, we're the Kelsey fumble with the early whistle thing. The Harry thing, there's nothing else to say about it, folks. It, it, the guy is on top of the play. 
Uh, he's on top of the plane. He can't see it. He is physically incapable of getting it right. Right. He, he does not have the vision or process speed, the official on the spot to get it right. And it's okay. You know, and I don't, maybe I'm being a little cruel there and saying that, but it's just, it is what it is. We would say that about a, a defensive back who gets run by a defensive back who, you know, the, the wide receiver runs right past the defensive back, scores a touchdown. You're going to say one guy's faster than the other. The defensive back was not physically capable of keeping up. Therefore, he's not quite good enough at his job. Therefore, you generally start looking for someone who is, right? You go to the combine. You find the guy with the measurables. You find the guy that won't get run past, right? You find the guy that'll have play the better technique and using his college tape as proof of that or whatever, right? That's what happens. You find the coach that doesn't call the timeout in the wrong place. You, you find the coach that puts the right players in the right situation. You know, you find the guy that can physically do it and mentally do it. In these NFL games, we have too many situations where they're not physically capable of doing what they're required to do. If you can't see what's obvious to America in a, in a matter of seconds, literally the first broadcast angle they go to. If, if you were doing this in-game and you're just going to say, you know what, we have some guys on there who just don't see well, they often screw up things close to them. We saw the one where they thought... a. Uh, uh, Brady threw the ball at the Tom Brady, the quarterback, <laughs> threw the ball at uh, at the at the line's feet. The guy standing right next to the play immediately throws a flag, and everyone in the stadium is going, "Matt Lacosta standing right there. There's a tight end. He's wearing number eighty three. How did you not see that? How was your job to see whether or not that happens? And you're five feet from it, and you still miss it, and have to have someone jog across the field. Hey, dude, the sec- the sixty eight thousand people here saw it. The broadcast team saw it. All the cameramen saw it. All the fans saw it. Even the teams that hate." Maybe both teams saw it. How did you not see it? You're right there. It's your job to see it. How did you not see it? And how do you not fix, how do you not get better people in there that do see it? Or how do we not err towards just not throwing them and then using review view to correct it? Not using review to see that, see it needs correcting and then ignoring it because it's a political body. Again, okay, so you know, maybe I'm going too long on that, but I think that the simple physical ca- capabilities of some of these people has been put on display. It really has. If you can't process that quickly, if you can't see something from that distance and notice something that obvious of green space between a shoe and a white line, if you can't do that, it's a problem. And it's not about, hey, everyone eventually makes mistakes. No. Well, and again, a lot of good points here were brought up, I think, in a sort of understanding the problem we now have with officiating, with the way sort of the rules sort of handcuff them a little bit. If they fuck it up, if they screw it up, having rules that prevent them from getting it right is a bad rule, unless your philosophy is, again, CYA, instead of getting it right. So in this instance, because it wasn't first rule to score, you're not allowed to get it right. Well, that's stupid. That's idiotic. Why would you do that if all you cared about was... So again, that's putting value above protecting the guy who made the mistake, who isn't a part of the contest, over getting it right. I could say that a hundred different times, a hundred different ways. That's the problem. That philosophy. You have to scrub that philosophy. Anyone who thinks it from the process or you'll never be better. We'll bitch day in, day out. Next week, they'll be bitching in a Packers game. Maybe they'll be bitching in a Giants game. Maybe they'll be bitching in a Niners game. But if that philosophy stays intact, it can never be fixed. The people that have those philosophies, the people without the vision to fix it. So moving on, you know, they, that is blown. Uh, the, the play is blown dead. It's stupid that they do it. You go to the Nikhil Harry thing. It's just vision problems. Can't get it right. And then the stupidity of a rule that doesn't allow you to get it right. So I think the really obvious and easy fix here is to make sure that you've got, uh, you make sure you've got someone on the scene. 
uh, that excuse me, not someone on the scene, but in the event that there is a play on the goal on the goal line, if there's someone that is, you know, falling across the line, uh, it doesn't matter if it was called a touchdown or not. That puts too much stock in whether or not the game official, the field official, fucked it up. That shouldn't matter. If there is a play on the end line. It's reviewed. It's not just if it was called a score, it's reviewed. This reveals how stupid just doing it halfway is. It doesn't make any sense. Why would it only, again, it would be back to just covering whether or not or checking whether or not uh, in the event of something being called a touchdown. It could be if they didn't see it. And that's important, right? I thought, you know, to get it right. But again, that's just my philosophy, not theirs. So anyhow, the idea that if there is any play on a goal line, period, it should be immediately reviewed. And here's the thing. It's not about sending it to fucking New York. If immediately in a game broadcast, CBS can quickly and very clearly put it right back up on America's screen. And the world can see in live time a matter of seconds later. Oh shit, he goes out of bounds. How can official on the field uh, use this command center correctly? It doesn't have to be sent to you. Holy shit, you got 30 cameras. Oh my gosh, you've done your PR campaign. Oh, you've sent us YouTube videos to tell us how wonderful you are. If America can see eight seconds later, if America can see 22 seconds later, how can a signal not be sent to the official and just send his arms up in the air and say touchdown? Again, has nothing to do with the Patriots. Doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. It doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. I'm covering it because I saw it. That's it. So this is the ridiculousness that we've gotten into now. Rules that prevent you from getting it right because it's CYA Monday. Um, so that is the next one. And then, again, this last thing here is aggravating, not in that, you know, I'm always a defensive player. I don't mind a lot of contact on the receiver. Um, but the issue with the Dorset call not being made as interference is that issue of integrity that I talked to talked about earlier, the corruption idea. It's, again, it's not corrupt for a purpose, but all corruption means is that you're not following the directive, you know, that you're manipulating a result. And when I say manipulating, it's not for an end. It's not because you prefer a team or not. It's because you're not following your own pattern. You're not follow, You're not being consistent. The absence of consistency is where the corruption comes in. And here's what I mean by that. We could not stop the flag parade throughout this day. And again, every national, every local, it just became obnoxious. Why are we covering this? Fans, what the hell? Bathroom breaks you can take. Go get some more food. Do whatever you want because Jerome Bur- Booger, Boger, whatever his name is, would not stop stopping the game. Uh, and and it was we had that for 99% of the contest. We just, you, know, you couldn't, when is this damn thing going to be over? Stoppage, 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 stoppage. Hands to the face this. Grab this. Hold this. Legal touch this. Push this. Da, da, da. Over and over and over and over. It was just a really polluted product. And then you get to the final thing. After, you know, there's a murmur in the stadium. There's booing. There's, you know, people are crazy. The broadcast know it. it's coming through the TVs as well. Fans know it. If you're sitting in Arizona and watching this and don't have a dog in the race, you know it. Everyone knows that this has been a holy hot mess down the stretch of like four of these things in a row. They blow the review. They blow the touchdown call. They blow, 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 all this stuff. And then you get to the final drive. And when you, after a game full of not being able to stop yourself from blowing a whistle, not stop yourself from throwing a flag, and oftentimes have them be talked to the officials to make you pick it up say, hey, buddy, you got that one wrong. Now, 
a blatant, obvious one happens. It's all over the internet. Just a giant hug around the wide receiver before the ball is anywhere near there. And then you don't throw a flag of any kind. I don't know what else to say. You know, I mean, I don't know what else to say. And this is all completely independent about whether or not a team, air quote, deserved to win, how good the state of the offense, the state of the defense, the state of the kicking game, the state of the state of all that stuff. Again, I'm going to do that on the later week show when we get into what's going on with the team. That's not what happened yesterday. That's not the main story of what happened yesterday. That's not the biggest problem. The Patriots have a lot of football issues to work on, yes. But they have enough of a product, enough of a game product, enough of sort of a team um, to have won. So they did put themselves in position. At some point when it gets to be four and five and six calls, no team can overcome that. You can't. So that's the problem. Now, and in fairness to the Chiefs, if a Chiefs fan happens to hear this or someone who thinks I'm overly biased to one side or the other, there were some really stupid calls that went against the Chiefs or in the game. That goes back into the thing I was talking about where – um, you know, the, the stoppages over and over and over again. It was just some ticky-tack nonsense. So there were bad calls on the other side as well. That's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is that that's not what we want from our football games. As, as a populist, there is no way any of this is okay. And if you're of the mind that I hate the Patriots, which, you know, if you're listening to the radio show, you're, there's probably not a lot of them out there that think of it that way. But if, if you're of that mind, right, if you hate them, but you also kind of want the game to get fixed for whatever team it is you cheer for, this is an easy one to get behind, especially for those in the market who could maybe don't, not care, who could care less. You know, you're, you're a, I don't know, a Falcons fan or something, or you're a, yeah, who knows what, a Rams fan, whatever. You can kind of look at this and say, I wouldn't want that shit to happen to my team. Because once the snowball starts rolling and you have incompetent people and you have a sort of an incompetent system around those incompetent people, oh shit, I could be next. I mean, that's why that's why in sort of the justice system, we talk about the importance of having sort of fairness in our laws. Uh, not because you necessarily care or even know about that one person that the bad thing is happening to, the unfair thing. And uh, that's really important. Not that, and I'm not arguing you shouldn't. I think there's an altruism to it that you should, that everyone should get behind when someone gets screwed. But that what it really ultimately boils down to is it could eventually arrive in your backyard, arrive in your front yard, whatever you want to go with with a metaphor there. But that's what should really burn um, across this league. How can we let that, not a mistake, not some mistakes, how can we let that many obvious mistakes happen in a row? One after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. How can we let that happen and allow this rule system around it to incubate us, to keep us from fixing it, to give them cover to ever have to fix it? That just says broken system. We need to know that. We need to understand that. I'll get into the other things at the end of the week show. This is the free show for folks that aren't necessarily athletic subscribers. And uh, maybe it's good that everyone gets to hear this because we have a broken NFL officiating system. And we have a lot of people above it who don't mind it being broken because in the event that it's fixed, it would reveal that they have been the problem all along. They don't want that. Roger doesn't want that. Al Riveron doesn't want that. It's, uh, it's unfortunately where things sit. 
I just I don't like to see a polluted football product. That that drives me nuts. You can hear it in my voice. I went long on it. And it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think the reality of the situation is it really doesn't matter that the Patriots lost. It really doesn't. I mean, the grand scheme of what could happen for this season. They still remain ahead of the Chiefs. They still control their destiny in these last three games. So the game result is really neither here nor there to me. Uh, I just want to get this thing fixed. I, I'm so sick of, of the NFL and the way they, they sort of manage their game. They've taken a beautiful product, the game of football, and they bastardized it, uh, in part just to cover their ass. And that's, that's not right. This is Razor Show. I'm Matt Chatham. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you on the other side later in the week here. We'll do the crossover with the folks in Cincy, and uh, we'll talk hardcore football. But that's not what today was about. Today was about the officials, not because of a preference, because of reality. Bye.